Let me read to you a passage of scripture from the book of Colossians. It's in chapter 3, starting in verse 12. The text should be on the screen for you. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Pray with me just briefly, would you? Jesus. It is our prayer today that you would speak to our hearts through the scriptures, through the words that are shared, through the words on the screen, through our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This passage is a portion of the letter that Paul had written to the church in Colossae. And it's a beautifully challenging little piece of scripture. It was a reminder and a challenge to that church and then to the other churches that the letter would have been sent forward to uh, of how they were supposed to live. It reminded them, it challenged them in that direction. And this morning as we gather, as we come together for Thanksgiving, I feel like this passage is especially significant. The last piece of it, let me read it to you again. It says, always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. Three times in that one little bit of the passage, Paul pushes that church, and I believe our churches, towards thankfulness. He tells them three times. First, he says to be thankful. Then he says, have thankful hearts. Then he says, be giving thanks. Today, we're gathered to do the same thing. Today, we are gathered to bring thanks, thanks, to give thanks to the Lord through songs and teaching, through prayers and scripture, through the breaking of bread as we share a meal together, and through building of friendships, which is the reason we asked you to put on name tags today. It makes it a whole lot easier to build friendships if we can call one another by name. If we don't have to wrestle with the idea of, I'm supposed to know your name, but I don't want to ask again. So through the building of friendships, we also give thanks. Thanks that Jesus has done incredible things. 
incredible things in our own lives and incredible things in our world. So we come to thank the Lord for all that he's doing, for all that's happening. We come to give thanks for our churches, for Valley, for Maryland Christian Church, for other churches that are represented among us. We have so much to be thankful for. So today we come together combined as church bodies because we want to bring thanks to the Lord. As I looked at this passage, I felt like in this challenge for Thanksgiving, there were three primary areas or three primary things that Paul was challenging them to give thanks for. So while we could give a list a mile long of things, of things that we're thankful for, I think the passage pushes us in the direction of making sure that there are at least a few, and I want to point our attention in that direction. The first one of those is that you and I, what we see through the call to the church of Colossae is that we are to be thankful for Jesus and for what Paul calls the message about Christ in chapter 3 verse 16. We believe that Jesus came to earth. That Jesus lived life in order to model for us a better way of living. That Jesus died in order to bring forgiveness for sin. And that Jesus rose from the dead to usher in new life. This is the message of the gospel. This is the gospel that Paul passed from church to church to church as he started them, as he sent letters back to them, as he continued to communicate with them. He desired to communicate this message of the gospel. Jesus Born, lived, died, rose from the grave. It's this that we are most thankful for. It's this that we come together to worship for the truth that Jesus loves us, that Jesus has given us the opportunity for salvation, that he has shown us a new and beautiful way of living. Paul's challenge to that church, Paul's challenge to our churches, is that you and I could be thankful because of Jesus. Period. To them, as he wrote, as they suffered through persecution and difficulty in what it meant to be Christ followers and to be a Christian church, Paul hoped that they could be thankful Even in their persecution because of Jesus. As they struggled living in an anti-faith culture. A culture that was opposed to their way of life and opposed to their faith. His challenge was that they could still be thankful because of Jesus. As they wrestled with the difficulties of everyday life. The difficulties of their job. The struggles of what it meant to parent. Of what it meant to build relationships. Paul hoped that they could be thankful because of Jesus. As they received incredible blessings. It wasn't thanks for the blessings that Paul was challenging them towards. It was to be thankful for Jesus. Even as they received those blessings. Oh, this morning I wondered, do you and I know Christ so fully? Are we so deeply in love with Jesus that no matter what we're going through, no matter our circumstances, we can be thankful because of Jesus? 
Nothing else matters. We can be thankful because of Jesus. Are we that deeply in love with Christ? I think this was Paul's challenge to them and Paul's challenge to us. Another thing I want us to notice in it, a second of them, is that Paul challenged that they should be thankful to the way of life that Jesus called them to live. In this passage, there are, there are two lists. We didn't read the first list. Just a bit earlier than the passage that we read is a list of ten things that Paul says, now that they're Christ followers, they should release these ten things. They should cast these ten things out of their life. And then we did read the list where it says they should then replace them with five new things. That this is what it looked like for them to live new lives as Christ followers. In verse 12 it says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves... You must close your, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You got it? As holy people, as people God has made holy, as holy people He loves, the passage says. We are to be clothed with mercy and kindness. With humility and gentleness and patience. Easy, right? Are you still out there? It's not easy. It's an incredibly difficult way for us to live life. And even as hard as it sounds, doesn't it also sound like a beautiful way of living together? Doesn't it sound like a better way of life than the, than the rat race that we so often get caught up in? Than the toil to meet the expectations that are constantly changing and expanding from bosses, from our society, from bill collectors, from all of the things that we want to do? Doesn't it sound better than a way of life that is motivated only by our own selfish ambition and personal desires? The challenge that comes against this as we read about this new way of life is that, that some could attempt to challenge and say, wait, 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 this way of life is way too restrictive. This life of following Jesus, way too restrictive. It's, it's, it's boring. It even sounds like a weak way of trying to live life. And I think that Paul would stand and challenge each of these. I also, as I was reading this week, N.T. Wright, in his, in his beautiful commentary on this passage, encourages the reader to imagine two towns. First, a town living by the list of ten things mentioned just earlier in the passage. And you can read those later. And not far down the road, a second town, a town that is marked by these five characteristics of living life. And then his question, his question about the two towns as you consider them is, which town would you rather live in? Sure, it is difficult for us to be a people of mercy and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. But I think that we all know that life is far better when other people treat us that way. It's so difficult for us to consistently portray these kinds of characteristics in our life. But we sure like our day better when others have done that to us. 
So the challenge of Paul is that you and I would recognize our desire to be treated that way and that we would turn and treat others the same way, that we would strive to live that way. And then Paul sums this up. He sums up these five characteristics that he's talked about in verse 14 by saying, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Church, we are to be a people who love each other, a people who love others, a people marked by the ways in which we love. And these five characteristics that he talked about, these five characteristics portray the love of Jesus people to the church and to the world. And when you and I are able to love this way, we find that, as Paul said, it binds us together. It brings us together. And I think in this, we find a third thing that he mentioned that we should be thankful for. We are to be thankful for the body of Christ. Thankful that as difficult as this life sounds to live, it's never expected that we do it on our own. It's never expected that we try and figure out how to pull this off by ourselves. Instead, we have one another for love and support and encouragement. And this morning, as we gather bodies, different churches, as we gather as one body of Christ, we are called to be thankful for the body of Christ and its movement It's movement in our life and in our community and in our world. You and I are members of one body. Church name, irrelevant. Maryland Christian Church, Valley Baptist Church, some other church that you're typically a part of. The church name is irrelevant. We come together and we gather as one body of Christ. The people of Christ called to love each other and to love the world together. We are a people called to a new way of living. We are a people chosen to be holy. Created by God to partner together and to partner with God in trying to bring about the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We're to be a people of love, a people of mercy and kindness, humility and gentleness and patience. And in all of this, we are to be thankful because we have friends on the journey. We have spiritual brothers and sisters that we get to do this thing of faith with. We have spiritual mothers and fathers that we get to look up to and learn from and follow after. We have a family. The family of Christ. Who journeys together towards Christ and his message And his way of living. And in all of this, Paul has said, be thankful for these things. Thankful for Jesus. Thankful for the call of life that he's placed upon us. Thankful for the body of Christ that we journey together with. So today, we give thanks. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we ask that you would continue to make of us a thankful people.
We ask that you would remind us of the deep sacrifice of the Savior. And that through Jesus' love and sacrifice, that we might find salvation. And we might find our way towards deeper love. Transform us into the people that you've called us to be. A people of love and grace and mercy. And be glorified in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.